0: So hello, welcome to Pod. My name is James, your host. And today I'm joined by Wiebke, who we met on Facebook because you commented on a post I put in the uh, kind of a group. Um, and would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Uh, yeah, um, my name is Wiebke, and it's Wiebke, not Wiebke <laughs> or Wiebke. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was um, it was just coincidence. I, I really I saw that uh, Facebook. Post so I rather um question was like someone who lives was lived abroad or was an expert. I was like, hmm. that was that's me. I think I lived in quite a few places, other people probably lived in more, but um, that I'm original from Germany, um, 29 years old, and I left uh when I was uh, 23, <laughs> and I left alone. Mm. The, the reason is complicated, but I was um, a police officer back then. And not sure if we want to go into that, but there's a, there's a reason why I had to leave. That, uh, um, but yeah, I left. Um, the first destination was Chile. And the reason is also pretty random. I just knew I needed to leave. I was interested in learning Spanish. Um, I like the the sound of it and I was thinking of going to Spain, but I wanted to be further away. So Latin America was the next logical um, place to go. Um, and the white Chile, because I met a couple of Chileans on a festival, a heavy metal festival <laughs> in Wacken. I don't know if you know it. Um, and... Um, yeah, they just said, like, Chile's nice. You should come and uh, visit. And I thought, yeah, why not? So I went to Chile and I didn't know anything about it. I wasn't in the nomad mindset yet. I was just, I want to leave. I need to go. So Chile was the first place. The next one um, was China. It was completely different. Um, yeah, I, I I went back to Germany first, like, for two two months and that's when it really started like i came back and then i knew i want that i don't want to ever come back really And that's when i sold everything and did the whole that's it the cut i'm leaving for good then i traveled a little bit uh, around northern europe and then china and in china i left for a year um and then again traveling in asia but like i'm, I'm just a Telling you the countries where I actually live. Like for a longer period. And that's China. Then. Chile again. For two years. And then Costa Rica. Mexico. Costa Rica again. Um, and then. <laughs> and then. Uh, I ended up. Back in, back in Chile. And that's just because it's convenient maybe maybe we we'll get back um we'll get more into that why i found it most convenient but that's more or less um countries where i actually lived where i built community and worked and felt like it was my home
0: wonderful well what a great tradition so welcome to section one of the podcast all about getting there so, Riebke, you mentioned that you've lived in a myriad of places starting with Chile um, if you'd like to share why you left you teased about it in the introduction of why you left Germany but if you wish to tell us why you left but more importantly why you chose to go to Chile obviously to see some friends you've met in a home metal pod uh, festival um, but which part of Chile did you go to?
1: Um. well Like in in super brief, the reason I left was because I was working in an institution that felt um, not suited for a small German woman. And I was I was only 16 when I started. Um, And it was like, I think I made the jump out of um, the police force just on time before it could change me. Um, I had some health issues, so I. It was the right time. I had to escape. Otherwise, I don't know where it would have taken me. Um, and one of the things that kept me sane while working as a police officer was I could be myself for one week a year. And that's when I went to my favorite festival, which is uh, a heavy metal festival. I grew up like this. My parents are heavy metal fans. <laughs> um, so... I got to be there I got to be me and show my tattoos I wasn't allowed to show them so I was just just myself and uh, met people and danced and went to concerts and I I love that and there I met a group of Chileans and I was just I spent the whole festival with them and they just told me a lot about that country i heard them speak in spanish and i always liked spanish like i'm one of those women who think that spanish sounds sexy so i, like, I want to learn spanish <laughs> uh and then yeah they said uh i should travel there it's a beautiful long country with so many things to see actually the chile is longer than um europe and i think the entire country i don't know how you're meters is also larger than um, Europe. So uh, there's a lot to see. And I decided that's a good, um, good reason. Um, so I decided to leave Germany to take a break from everything. And I chose Chile and I met with these people. I actually said, you know, I'm going, I'm traveling there. And they're like, oh, seriously? Okay, come meet us. So I went to Santiago, the... The capital um and that's where also these guys were living and um because i wanted to learn spanish i signed up for a spanish language school in chile it's uh in, one in in santiago and there was a second one that is in viña del mar which is a city uh the right next to the ocean um and that that's this is a very pivotal moment in my life because, um, I mean, I won't tell yet, <laughs> but yeah, that's, this is the reason why I traveled to Chile um, and I met, I actually met with them, with them and we had a, uh, we had a great time. We had like one party where we listened to music and talked about the festival. Um, and then that's it. And I went to school and I learned Spanish. It was four weeks in Santiago. Um, in the Spanish school Um, and that's also when I realized that don't ever go to Chile to learn Spanish choose Mexico or I don't know maybe Colombia or something or Mexico is actually a good place if you want to learn Spanish but Chile isn't really the place you go when you don't speak a word in Spanish
0: that's so funny and then so you went from Chile, then back to Germany. you said but when you went to Chile, was it on a tourist visa? Was it on a work visa? How did you how did you get to travel there? Or was it's it a student just, visa? Uh,
1: just a tourist tourist visa in Chile. You can enter uh, as a with a European passport. You can just enter um uh, for say for ninety days, and then. If you wanted to stay longer, you can do a visa run. I actually, while I was living in Chile for two years, I did that like a few times. That um, I just went to Argentina, Mendoza, like the closest city, and I would just hang out there for a weekend and then come back and I get another 90 days. It's pretty nice. So it's easy to stay. As a European, I don't know, for other
0: countries. So very much the border hopping um, solution that everyone seems to do. From <laughs> what I understood, I've interviewed quite a lot of people from South America recently. They all seem to tell me the same thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's working. I did also exactly the same in uh, in China, I mean, <laughs> that's like my way of <laughs> staying in places more or less. Although in China, I wasn't on a tourist visa, but um, you have to do a visa hopping as well. And people who lived in Southeast Asia know that. The, especially for i mean if you don't plan to stay there forever it's it's it works
0: so your your year in china then um what was the reason for for traveling there sorry
1: no no i think at this point i have to go back a little bit because um when i after staying four weeks in santiago people were con- trying to convince me to go to vina because there was the other school and it was for one week like okay just study one more week because you should meet um you should go to that school in vina because it's a spanish school it's nice vibe and it's directly at the beach and then they do beach parties and it's super cool and i said okay why not and i did that and that's where i met my husband yeah he was a spanish teacher in that school and it was actually his last week there he quit and it was his last week in that school that week when I joined and he wasn't my teacher I was in a different group but he showed up there um and he quit because he got a job opportunity in a um university or, or something in um in China in Beijing so we only briefly got to know each other but we knew like after two weeks um that this can't end. So when I uh, he left and I stayed in Chile um, a while longer, and then my time there was over after a while, and I had to go back to Germany. And when I arrived, I only stayed, like I said, for like two weeks. I didn't quit the police yet. I was at, what I actually tried was I tried to study again and become criminal police because I thought maybe that gonna be safer and maybe I will find myself there because holding cases and things so I went back to Germany to start university and on day one I um sat there and I thought this is awful <laughs> I hate it <laughs> I don't want so I I knew this is just the institution I can't I everything came back to me and it was I I and I felt this I don't know maybe you felt it too this Feeling that there's more for you. There's something waiting for you. and You are not made for life in the country where you're born. Like it's something, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I knew it in that moment when I sat there on my seat and I was supposed to sign a lot of papers and I felt like, no. So I, I quit. That was the best moment ever. I felt so free. This was so, so good. And then to travel there for like three weeks just to visit him and that's what I did. I went to China and I stayed with him for three weeks and it was so like I got this feeling again. We were exploring and I got to know people and I even got offered a job. Uh, guess what? Teaching English. <laughs> so I didn't even speak English that well by that time so it was funny that they were asking me. Um, barely understood anything Um, but after three weeks then I went back and that's when I went back to sell my stuff. Like I sold my car. I sold everything I owned. So that in the end. I only had left a suitcase. Classic. I had a suitcase with stuff. And that's it. I, my parents have four other kids. So they were not. Oh you can park anything here. like Or leave anything there. So it was. it was for all the kids. A clear. We're not a storage place. So you can't. You can't leave anything here, so I understand that if you have so many children. So I couldn't leave. I had like a small plastic box with some memories that I didn't want to carry around, and they accepted to keep them. One <laughs> box, that's okay. Well, then, yeah, I got. I prepared myself for going. It was not easy, like leaving everything behind in Germany. Like, as a good German, you have like 100 insurances and. there are quite a few things you need to do in advance but I I hyper focused on that um, including like giving back all my uniforms and equipment and stuff and I had to run a lot of errands before I could be completely cut off and I actually finished everything by burning my my certificate I, I don't know if that certificate is the right word but when you become like a government official it's for lifetime and then you get this really fancy certificate and it's like yeah that's like the life insurance basically and I burnt it <laughs> I burnt it and then we were and then we were dancing on top of the ashes after the fire was gone
0: so <laughs> that's good closure
1: yes it felt right and I never regret doing that then not the a single moment and I left uh, a week after it wasn't easy I knew I was going to be gone for a long long time before I saw everyone again yeah and then I went to China to start a new life and because I was already there for three weeks before I already had a job offer I didn't take it um I just knew it was easy to get one so I went there and uh, we asked around and it was like within a few days I had a job and I was working as an English teacher
0: and did you how, how did you get a visa were you in China on a, on a tourist visa then you changed over or what was the circumstance for that
1: um, the first time was on a tourist visa and the second time was a business visa. And that's, um, you can only get a business visa if you have connections, but you can get connections easily if you like either, you know, someone there <laughs> who works for, uh, for any, anyone in China and they can get you um, an invitation. You need an invitation letter by any Chinese company. Um, the other way, if you don't know anyone there, um, you can apply for it. So there are agencies who can um, you can work with, and then they would match you with a job. In my case, I had but back then we wasn't my boyfriend, and he talked to his boss, and they sent an invitation letter so he can so that I can travel there. And they were also the ones later giving me a job. So technically, it's as if I had hired them before. At first, it was like a you know, they were doing him a favor, but then in the end, they grabbed me anyways. <laughs> Um, And it's, it's easy um, to get that. Not nowadays, not too much anymore, but they're still there, like through agencies. And on a business visa, you can stay like six months, but then you have to leave every three. It, don't ask me why, but you have to exit the country after three months. And then you have to stay out of the country for, I think, a week. I could be wrong. Um, Maybe you'd better look that up, (laughs) but I always stayed out for a week um, and then I had to get a new stamp and then enter again.
0: And where did you go when you left for the week?
1: Uh, South Korea was a good place um, to go. A lot of expats went to South Korea. Sometimes we would go together with groups of people. There's a really, really great expat community in Beijing. It's not the healthiest city to live because of the pollution, but the, the people... Yeah. I made some of my best friends there. Um I think they're very close and open and strong the community because it's so hard to make friends um if you don't speak Chinese <laughs> in China. So and it's so hard to learn and Chinese people unless they um are used to foreigners or speak um some English and they're very shy, uh, which I understand cuz I'm too with people I don't understand <laughs> that language. But um, it wasn't easy so for for many and she had the same experience. So the expert community was great. And we would try, do the these visa runs together. We go to South Korea um, or to uh, Indonesia. and then it was always combined with a longer trip, exploring and um, running some errands. You had to get this visa paper in uh, in the embassy, Chinese embassy, so you had to wait until they give you back the visa. So oh, that's why it was one week. Yeah, it was one week because it takes one week until they have the papers ready
0: good time to get older. good time to always have what they planned
1: yeah yeah it's
0: wonderful and then after china you said you went to mexico is that correct
1: no after china um we went to chile first um the reason was because my now husband he wanted to see his family and it was only planned as a visit um but we knew we were we wanted to leave china because to be honest it was we were not doing fine um health wise um because of the pollution it was not like i had my i had terrible hair my skin was always dry we had like respiratory issues all the time and he got um super like, he lost a lot of weight so it was we we realized at some point that this is not um, we cannot live here. We're not made for this. Even though we loved the city, we loved the people, um, but you know, health is more important. So we decided let's leave. We didn't know where. We said whatever we will find a place. Um, let's just go to Chile first, see your family, and then um, in 1919, 19, right in 2019, there was a big social strike in Chile, and it was it started one month after we arrived. So it was, it was serious. They, um, there was curfew. They closed the borders. Nobody can, could exit. Nobody could enter. And there were some German airlines who offered um, rescue flights for Germans who wanted to go back who were on vacation or whatever. And I uh, didn't want to go. So I was like, okay. Let's, uh, I will stay here with him. We were living in his house, from his family. And it was a scary time because it, that went on for like a year. Uh, where you could hear shootings and like, you never knew what, what was going to happen the next day. We weren't able to leave, go anywhere. We could only move around really in our city, but you couldn't leave the city because then there were always barricades, burning buses and police. And you know it was, so I just, that was when I started my business because I had nothing else to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I started already working online in, um, in China. But, like, I, I took it really seriously uh, looking into my current industry um, there when I was just at home and couldn't go anywhere. When finally we had the chance to leave, maybe, <laughs> was when COVID started. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, COVID, COVID started and then we were stuck again. That's when the social strike was over, all of a sudden. And people were even had this conspiracy theories that COVID isn't real. They just invented it so that we would stop protesting. So that was um, oh really an interesting time. So that's why I stayed two years in Chile. <laughs> it was not the plan.
0: Yeah, I know. to ask about Mexico. Like, so why did you go to Mexico after Chile?
1: We didn't go to Mexico after Chile. <laughs> we went to Costa Rica. Actually. Um, a complete change like uh, here we were living in a city and it was nice and our family and everything but then I knew I wanted to go to Costa Rica because I'm ever since I was a kid I loved Costa Rica I loved like um, tropical plants and animals when I was like maybe I don't know how old I was 8 maybe 7 or 8 years old I told my parents that I want a room that looks like a jungle. So my parents painted the walls, and so they and even painted tropical plants on it, and looked so beautiful. They gave me one of those beds that are high enough so you can play around, play under it, and then they put um, fake plants everywhere, and it was like a cave there. And um, so I was, I always loved the jungle um, ever since I was a kid. And there's one girl. Um, I know her from work, and she, she used to. She travels a lot. She's also nomad. She travels to special places, like where, maybe she also a lot traveled to typical places, but also special places where not everybody would go. Um, and one of the places was um, also in Costa Rica. Uh, I mean, many people travel to Costa Rica, but the areas she explored were not typical and um I follow her and I watch every single reel she posted and I couldn't get enough of it so I was like I have to I have to go so I convinced my husband to travel to Costa Rica he wasn't so excited about it because he hates hot weather and tropical air like humidity <laughs> but hey we live 2 years in his country so I was like hey let's let's do it and then we went to to Costa Rica because that was my dream. Um, I never thought that I would actually do that. As a kid, I dreamt about it. And later when I was the police, I dreamt like oh, how nice it would be a little cabin somewhere, the beach or maybe in the jungle. But, you know, that's just dreams. I even wrote it in my journal back then. I, I remember <laughs> the dream became true. I did. We left to Costa Rica. And it was just how I imagined it. Like no trains, you can get everywhere only by bus because there's so much nature. They wouldn't touch the nature. So, well, you cannot have everything. So now big infrastructure traveling is long, but um, I loved it. So you have this, we had like an eight hour bus ride and I was just at the window looking at everything and, oh, a monkey, oh, there's Verti Toucan. And I was so excited. Bananas. (laughs) Uh, I loved it. And we went to um, Puerto Viejo. Have you ever been there?
0: No, never. I, further south I've been in South America is Central America, so live in South is Me- Mexico.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Half of Mexico is even North America, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, But I went to the south near Guatemala. <laughs> mm,
1: okay. Well, and at least you know the tropical weather. It's very, very similar to Costa Rica. Um, what... Puerto Viejo is a bit like a. it's it has changed now over the years. It's not so safe anymore, but it it's like a when you go there it's a little, little town and you it has it's full of like hippie vibes and now it's a bit more touristy, but it's it has this everywhere you hear reggae and um the people are super relaxed and a lot of um expats also actually living there. They live in hostels. They own the host like lots of the hostels. Is that it has an interesting, interesting vibe. We didn't stay in Puerto Rico only like for one week, but we couldn't take, like, like we couldn't stay there too long because it's really loud. It's like a party place, um, in, with beach parties all the time. It's not like Mexico. It's it's not like the Mexican beach where everything is more for tourists. This is more. There are no hotels, for example. There are only like tiny cabins and small hostels and like very laid back people but still full of people so we just went for a bit more north we just rented bikes while we stayed there one week we were also working so we needed some quiet at night so we had just rented some bikes and we went for hours in the north and we were just knocking on houses asking if they know if someone rents something and at some point we reached a house uh, where we, where we at first thought it was a street because it was, it looked like a street, but in the end it belonged, like was someone's property. And there was a woman, she came to us and luckily my husband was speaking perfect Spanish because he's from Chile. So he socialized with her and then she offered us um, a cabin that wasn't ready. So she just showed us they were building one and invited us to have a look. And then we checked it out and agreed that we could move in when they're ready and they were then speeding up the process a bit. And then we rented it for like five hundred dollars a month. That was pretty nice. Yeah. And we stayed there for like half a year in that cabin. It was just how I wanted. It's it was like more it was very hidden. Like I said there's this long street and you would think it's you wouldn't think that someone lives there. And then there's a lot of trees and and then behind it somewhere hidden. There were like three cabins. She was living in one of them. And there was another girl from um, from El Salvador, who lived there, and then us. So, and then the next, uh, like right next to us, there were a few other trees, like uh, maybe, I don't know, 10 meters. And then there was the beach. Beautiful, dreamy, tropical beach with white sand and no one there because everyone was like, all this, all the other beaches in the other direction where are porto for where all the people hang out in the hostels so we were there alone and every morning at 5am i would sit there and watch the sunrise so that was yes yeah, so, was uh, some of the best the best 6 months of my life part of it i would say cuz it sounds like it sounds ridiculous like i mean too good to be true like it's not real maybe some people wouldn't like that idea of living in a little cabin it's humid Open with an open kitchen. Yeah, there were cockroaches and other animals too. So you can't be afraid of things. <laughs> that was the first, the first destination in Costa Rica. We were not these people who travel every every week or every other like few weeks for days somewhere. So it was always we were always staying somewhere for long, and we thought of staying even longer, but. I um, got, uh, they didn't let me into the country anymore when I was doing the visa run to Panama because they had some strong requirements about health insurance during the COVID phase. Um, In Costa Rica, you can also just stay three months with the European passport, also with the Chilean passport. Um, You enter and you get the visa on arrival, three months tourist visa. Back then, you also needed... Like all the vaccination and uh, health insurance. If you don't have all the vaccinations. I got vaccinated there in Costa Rica. And then I went to do a visa run to Panama. Which is super nice because you have to cross a bridge to go from Costa Rica to Panama. On the other side of the bridge is Panama. Oh, that was cool. We were in the middle taking pictures. Oh, i am been between Panama and Costa Rica. Yeah, And then they found a gap in my insurance on my way back. We just stay like two hours in Panama and then we wanted to go back. And then they found a gap. Like they were checking it. And I something I didn't know. I didn't yeah, didn't know about it. So there I was in Panama. I didn't even bring my stuff, just with purse. So <laughs> and they and they didn't want to let me in. They were gonna deport me. Back to Panama, yeah, and then I um I called the insurance. It was um, from Safety Wing, this um, nomad insurance. Do you know it?
0: Oh no, I don't.
1: Well, it's it's a super it's super cool for like for a nomad. It's made for nomads, made by nomads for nomads. Um, so you pay, but like forty five dollars if you're under forty, and then you have a basic um. Health insurance, you have everything covered that you might need for accidents, for like general consultation. If you uh, have a toothache or US is not covered, it, you have to pay extra for US, but everything else is, um, it's nice. So I called them and said, help, <laughs> what can I do? And then, and then they sent me a link to, for another insurance and say, we don't have any, like, like our insurance doesn't cover it. That was like a special gap for, for COVID, like covering um, a specific amount of hospital expenses um, during that time, and my like that insurance didn't cover it. The for for COVID hospital expenses, so they sent me a link for another insurance, and that costs like uh, I don't know two hundred dollars a day. That was so, <laughs> that was too much, and I bu- I bought four days. So um, and I did it on the spot, like super fast. And it was just half an hour until they were closing the borders because they had like open close hours between panama costa rica and that specific border there so they were they understood me they was okay we we'll wait for you but then the the police was already standing next to me waiting to escort me back to panama And then i was on my phone and buying this super expensive insurance and it worked so they let me in with a stamp for four days then my dream was over so we went back sad to our little cabin and then we started packing and Then we went to San José, to the capital, and we were we rented an Airbnb for three days and stayed there. And we're thinking, what what now? We have to leave, but we don't know where. And that's when we went to Mexico. Um, where? Why? Because I found a cheap flight. It was like hundred less than a hundred for both of us. (laughs) So I was checking everywhere. I was. I for every single country, even Chile, like all uh, Latin American countries. I checked them all on Skyscanner and whatnot. And then Mexico was the cheapest flight. So uh, it was a really good decision. I mean, coincidence, I, the money decided that for me. <laughs> but that's how we ended up in Mexico and a new adventure
0: started. And was that, um, again, the tourist visa for Mexico?
1: The same visa on arrival, 90 days. Although it was, it, we thought it was going to be half year, like 160 days, but that changed. People say that it's easy to enter Mexico and you can just go in, and they will give you, um, they will give you 90 days or maybe even half a year, but that that's not that easy anymore. So um, you have to have um, an onboard flight. For, for entering Mexico. If you don't, they might give you only 30 days or maybe only two weeks. Um, there were a lot of people who, for some reason, didn't check what the what they had written on their um, tourist card. They write the number, how many days you can stay. And there were a lot of people who just didn't check and just stayed for 90 days. And they actually were only allowed to stay 30 days. And then they were called... <laughs> By the police put in prison and that's not fun. So, I mean, I always check. I would, I, I don't know why they wouldn't, but always check <laughs> what the authorities write on your on your stamp or if you get like a little card, what they write. In Chile, you also get a card and they write the days. So, yeah, we entered and we had a similar problem. Um, they wouldn't let us enter the country because we didn't have an onboard ticket because we checked the internet and it says everywhere you can... Just enter if you have a Chilean or a European passport in our cases. But it wasn't like that. They asked for onboard flight and we said, we, we don't have one. We can buy one right now. And they, they were like, no, because now we know you were just buying it just so you can enter. So we almost couldn't enter the country. But because my husband speaks Spanish native, so he negotiated with them. So he eventually got in for 90 days. Like they, this the woman who didn't want to let us in, she had to call her supervisor, or and then he negotiated with with that guy. She was doing her job, you know. And she was strict. Then the supervisor in the end was the one who was a bit more key. Like Let's in. So that was I was glad to have him around. I, w- I probably wouldn't have managed alone. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah. And then we stayed in Mexico, Mexico City. Was I love Mexico City? One of my favorite cities. In the world but it doesn't have access to water i mean the ocean so i couldn't stay there long term so in mexico we were more traveling around not very slow we were not like exploring a lot of places we were traveling slow because we're working full-time both of us so we just switched places inside of mexico city we spent christmas there and new year's eve and it was it was nice and then we traveled. To different cities, also to the south and Merida. And then we also went to this island. What's it called? Cozumel? Maybe you know that one. Oh, yeah. I've
0: been to Cozumel. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's why I also know it's not, it's different to those like busy beaches in Costa Rica, like this Puerto Viejo beach. Cozumel was nice too, but also too crowded. And we spent three months there. And then I wanted back to Costa Rica. I wanted my house back and I wanted to be back in the and we knew we were we had to leave and we in Mexico we were actually looking for a place to stay long term. We wanted to live somewhere have a home base um and then keep traveling but with a place to come back to. And we thought that could be Mexico, but I couldn't stop thinking about Costa Rica. So we came back to Costa Rica and I what I did was I just Look for the most remote place I could find in the Airbnb. It ended up to be a tree house in the jungle in the southest area possible in on the Pacific side in Costa Rica, um, close to the uh, border to Panama. This time on the other side, the Puerto Viejo was on the Caribbean side, but that time we went to the Pacific side. That was really an interesting. Life. We stayed another six months there and... It was also close to the ocean. It's not one where you can swim. It has really heavy waves. It's known for having the longest uh, left wave in the world or second longest, I think. So lots of surfers are there in the nearby. I did, I managed. I managed to surf. Um, I think I never... I I mean, I, I was surfing in Chile before, but I managed to stay on the board for like... I don't know, it felt like a like forever. I have no idea how long it actually was. Maybe it was 30 seconds, maybe more, but it was really long for surfing a wave as a, someone who doesn't surf regularly. So I was like, whoa. There are like maybe 50 people living there. And there was like one tiny store with basics. And I was like a little hut with a few things. Um, there was the next supermarket an hour away with a motorbike, the next hospital three hours. There was a pharmacy two hours away that had a doctor and had to go there once because I had a bite from a spider or something. Um so it was really, really remote. Um people who work there just work there. Like they grow their own food and that was it was nice. Um there was one there were some tourists sometimes because in the in the mountain there was a yoga center they were teaching not teaching yoga class they 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 may made... <laughs> i don't know how to say that now i oh got losing all my words um for uh, for a yoga teacher so you can become a yoga teacher there in this center uh
0: okay, okay, like yoga school yeah
1: of. yeah so, so they well, I think they called it yoga farm but their classes for becoming an instructor <laughs> and they have and they have also their self um, or like organizing. They have vegetable gardens. Um, they're open. You could just go there and walk around. And we did once. And they have their own water sources um, and food. So it was it was nice. And we live, like we were almost neighbor with the with the yoga farm. And that's it. And there the rest are all locals. Um, indigenous who were selling alcohol to us <laughs> yeah and it's it was it was such a beautiful community and like on weekends sometimes we would all get together the locals they was so so nice and open and inviting um, us and yoga people um, to have to eat tacos with them and um, I love that place so I stayed for six months my husband actually only for Four months, he left to Chile for two months. I stayed alone there in the jungle. It was so nice. <laughs> I think uh, my heart is still there in Costa Rica. We had to leave again um, at some point and we went back to Mexico. And then we stayed there six months, I think. Mexico again. Mex- in uh, Mexico City again, Guanajuato, that's a beautiful, colorful city. I cannot recommend it.
0: Seems to have lots of ups and downs, or never boring. It's never been plain sailing for you. That's a, I guess, a great way of ending the first section of this podcast.